Welcome back to the Make Life Work podcast with me, Cy Jobling. On this podcast, we talk to people from around tech about how they find a balance between work, life and any side projects to share the stories, challenges and life hacks so others can learn themselves. This time around though, we're going to try something a little different. I've joined forces with two previous guests of the podcast, Sam Hardacre and Mike Street, to ask each other questions about our side projects, invite other members of our On The Side Slack community along to share their stories, and even ask questions from around the listener community. Without any further ado, let's get into it. How are you doing, Sam? All right, thank you. How are you? Feeling better now, thanks. Yeah. Good. What have you been up to? Uh, I've had a fairly chilled out week, really. Um, the snow's finally gone, which is which is good, and the the weather's weather's warming up slightly, so that's that's quite nice. Um, watched a lot of films this weekend, which I don't usually get a chance to do, so that's been that's been quite good. Anything in particular that you want to call out? Uh, we watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. When I say we, I mean uh-huh. obviously me and me and my wife. My kids didn't watch that one, but uh, bit brutal for the little ones, yeah. Yeah, just a little bit. But it's, it's very good. I enjoyed it. Nice. And how about you, Mike? How are you doing? Yeah, all, all good. It's uh, currently raining down on the south coast. So uh, just having to dash up the garden every now and then to make a cup of tea from my garden office. Um, but apart from that, all good. Did some DIY this weekend. Oh. And uh, we're also watching, re-watching all of the Marvel films, um, just like probably one or two a weekend because they were... I think the first one was released in something like 2012 and then the, the last one was like 2019, 2018, 2019. So over those six years, I couldn't remember what had happened between films and you're sort of like, who's Thanos? Where's he come from? Um, so we've decided to sort of start from the beginning again in release order, not there's this, I don't know if you've heard, there's like a chronological order where you watch like, I think Captain America and then Captain Marvel first because yeah. it's like in the time in real world timeline but no we're watching it in release order so we're we're currently on to phase two and we watched uh thor 2 this weekend which was better than i remembered i watched that last week i re-watched it last week and it was yeah it was better than i remembered as well yeah it's certainly a lot better if you've been watching them back to back like we have because you remember things that have happened yeah i've, I've <laughs> just been jumping around like just on disney plus just I'll watch that one tonight, and uh, yeah. and yeah. So it's it's a bit muddled in my head the the kind of chronological order. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Sai? How are you? I've been all right, thanks. Uh, I've been a bit sick over the weekend with a like a terrible oh, no. sort of throat ear infection. Um, thankfully, it's eased off now, so I'm feeling a little bit more ready for this. So I need to be ready <laughs> to record. It's the most. It's the only goal in my life right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you, actually, a lot of movies and stuff. Time, time with the family. Watched up with a little one. Yesterday, it's half term this week for anyone that's got parents. Anyone's got parents. Anyone's got children <laughs> uh, in the UK. So a lot of us are just trying to fit children in amongst the work and side mm. projects. Um, yeah, so getting into the swing of things, just trying to adjust and get people ready in jobs and stuff. Because obviously, I'm transitioning now. Have you given up yet? Although I can't really ask that on a podcast, can of I? Of course not. No, no, no. <laughs> to be honest, I'm not one to be like that, though. I mean, I've not left many jobs in my career. I've always had long-term careers. It's probably one of the shortest. And I don't like to leave it in a mess. It's not It's not like I don't like the place. I just found a better position. So, 
yeah, just trying to get people in a better shape, do a bit more coaching and practice for the, the uh, people side of things, what I'm going to be doing as well. Fair enough. Yeah. So um, on the podcast format, I think we're going to try a new thing uh, and ask each other what you've learned in the last week. And all in a way of like small incremental improvements and that sort of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Mike, what have you learned this week? <laughs> Um, I've learned that despite that I am a front-end developer, I don't like doing front-end on side projects. Um, I sort of, <laughs> it's the one thing that I put off all the time. Um, and I think I, it actually sort of uh, came to me in a light bulb moment a few days ago that it's actually the, des the design that I don't like. So uh, at work, uh, as a front-end developer, you get handed a design to build, which I really enjoy. But when it's your side projects, you've got to design it and build the front end. And it's the it's the design that I really don't like and I'm awful at. So um, that then obviously impacts my front-end development. Um, I've also learned that there are no good CSS frameworks out there at all. And that... Despite all the options. <laughs> despite all the options. And that every single one uses custom CSS on their own documentation sites. You sort of, you look at a CSS framework, you're like, that one's great. You try and use it and you sort of have to inspect Element on their docs to sort of see the extra CSS they've added to make it look good, which kind of is a bit like, mm, if you're having to add your own CSS, then it's not, your framework's not that bulletproof. So um, I managed to find one despite that, and uh, I'm kind of wrestling it into my side project at the moment to avoid me having to do any kind of design. <laughs> How's Bootstrap looking nowadays? So I used to use that a lot, and I know it's still around. I think I just avoided it because it's everywhere, but I don't know if it is everywhere anymore or whether people have moved on. Yeah, yeah, I think there's a lot of people still do use it. You do see a lot of people, um, and I've got friends who, who aren't necessarily um, professional developers, as it, as it were. Um, and they kind of pick it up and use it to help build build apps because it does a lot of the groundwork for them. Um, same with material design as well, or whatever Google's equivalent of, of, of that is called. Yeah, I think it's that middle ground of people that sort of know a little bit about the web but aren't developers themselves that probably utilize it a lot, which is, you know, it's perfect for. Yeah, I use Bulma, um, for, but I don't use the full thing. I, I sort of pick pick elements out of the framework, mostly kind of um, mm. some utility things and uh, their layout module stuff because it just makes it so much easier. Like where I where I work, we're not doing anything sort of radical with design and layout. So it kind of takes a lot of the heavy lifting out of uh, the development work because I don't necessarily have to worry too much about, you know, um, writing any custom layout stuff. I, I just know how the framework works. Uh, and it just allows me to really quickly f put stuff together, and it's it's really you know it's it's quite it's quite robust. I've been using it for a couple of years now, and the layout stuff is just so easy to work with. Um, you don't necessarily have to really mess around with loads of classes from the from the very start. You can sort of you've got like a wrapping div with the, with an initialization class, and then any children inside that you've got like a, a column class, and then by default mm. it will kind of work out how to space them out. So if you have like two children, it will automatically set them 50-50 width of the parent. Oh, okay. And things like that. So it's, it's quite useful. You, you can, it does give you a granular control as well. But yeah, I've, I found that to be really, really useful. Might have to uh, give that a go. Like it in the show notes as well. 
Sam, what have you been learning this week? So I guess the uh, the thing I've been thinking about mostly this week is I, I was taking a look through the, the pages that I've been working on and to kind of keep things fresh over the last couple of months, I've been jumping around a lot. So all the pages are at various different stages of completion. So I think one of the, one of the things that I'm, I'm kind of feeling now is that I'm making progress, but I don't exactly know how much progress I'm making. So I think what I need to do is I need to just take a bit of a step back and be a bit more formal about how I need to finish off the book and really just sort of go through each page and say, right, this page, I need to do this, 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 and this to finish this page. And then, you know, just go through the whole book like that. Just now I've got a bit more of an idea of what's left to do. And also in my head, what what's actually finished out of the out of the whole lot. So I guess that's that's the thing I've learned from my project this week. I think a lot of people fall into that trap though, don't they? Especially when it's a side project where you don't want the structure, you just want to play and learn and enjoy. Yeah. But um, it's good to take stock sometimes. Go right, actually, rather than doing it tonight, I'm just going to replan what's what I've got to finish. Yeah, and I don't definitely. know about you. I think you're a tick tick man like me. Mm-hmm. So you yep. can just literally break it down by a ticket with some subtasks or something like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think I'll have to uh, utilise TickTick a little bit more than just sort of tracking habits and things like that. We've got the Trello board as well. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I did update that last night, actually. So that's that's a bit more up to date. But yeah, it's, it's still no clearer, though, because everything's just still in the column that says I'm working on the colours. So <laughs> that, I think that's where it came out, actually. That's where it came from. I was looking at that and I was like, well, this doesn't help, actually. <laughs> I need to break it down a bit further. What about you, Si? Um, well, one of the easy ones was I learned that I need to use a pop shield when I'm recording a podcast. I think last week we know all noticed the amount of we're getting caught in the mic. <laughs> so as you can see today, I finally dug it out. I've got it working and hopefully it's sounding better for you guys as well. Um, another thing I've learned this week, actually, we, my wife and I, we had a little side project last year where we kind of built, create a load of um, mugs for teachers. Um, little kind of humorous little quotes and stuff like this. Uh, we use Shopify plugged into Printful to do some drop shipping, but Shopify is not cheap for a side project. I think you pay like 28 quid a month um, just for the basic package. Yeah. And if you break it even, absolutely fine, but we've sold very few. So what I've done, what I've learned is that Etsy is a lot cheaper for this. So it's yeah. um, 20 cents per listing that I get for three or four months. So, and that plugs into Printful as well. So it all synchronizes with stock and order stuff like that. Oh, nice. uh, quite easy to migrate as well. So I think that was my little learning of the week. You don't need to buy a whole website domain store nowadays. Use a platform that's already out there. Yeah, for sure. And Etsy is really good as well because there's a bit of a community on there as, of, of people looking for that kind of stuff as well. Well, that uh, was my other angle was at least you've got eyes on Etsy. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to build be able to build an audience on a brand new store that I've built in Shopify and all that. At least Etsy's already got millions of people looking at this sort of stuff. And if you tag it and do all the good, you know, SEO sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, work in progress. Literally just launched them last night. Uh, I want to check the metrics in a week and see if it made much difference. But I expect we'll see more views, even if we don't get the orders come through, which would be quite nice. Yeah, you might you might see a bit of an uptick in um in sales more towards the end of the term. That was my other thinking because we've we've paused the Shopify account now. Just put like a holding page on there and say we might restart this at the end of term because that's when kids generally do their presence for teachers. Um, but then I might just chuck it through to Etsy rather than doing it on Shopify instead. So yeah, that was my learning of the week. Nice, good learnings. Hopefully, other people will learn from the us learnings as well. You know, <laughs> it's, 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 we're all giving forward. <laughs> So, um, should we get into the topical questions of the week? Who wants mm-hmm. to go first? 
Sai, why don't you go first? Well, I think one of them that we've kind of talked about a few times around um, side projects is the idea of grandeur. You know, I've got an idea next year, I'm going to be a millionaire and all this sort of stuff. I don't think everyone does this, but there's always an element that comes to mind occasionally when you, you know, you're building something or you've got an idea for something. So the question is, what was the one project that you had great plans for, grandeur for, only for you to be the only one that used it or it for it to die? Mike, do you want to go first? <laughs> oh, which one do I pick? Every single one of my side projects. When I start it, I'm like, this is going to be the next best thing. This is going to be, everyone's going to sign up. Everyone's going to use it. Um, but I suppose the the one that came to mind when I when I read this question was um, I had we used to play for uh, Virgin and or Sky where you can record shows onto your box um, and you can then it means that you just sit down at any time and you can just watch the next episode of whatever you don't have to remember if it's been on you don't have to be down you don't have to be sitting down at nine o'clock to watch the latest Game of Thrones or whatever um, and then subscription services started appearing and we started paying for a few of those and we realized that we were paying too much money for like tv uh, sky tv and netflix and now tv and all of that so we canceled the uh the tv and just went purely subscription based however there were things like on the bbc or on now tv which is sky uh, which were weekly episodes, which we'd forget about or we wouldn't know were coming back. And you'd have to sort of, we'd be, we found ourselves sort of constantly um, searching the kind of watch list to see whether there was a new episode of Game of Thrones or other shows that we were watching. So I had this groundbreaking idea where I would find some uh, feeds online of what was on TV. So for like, basically, um, they were similar to feeds to what like a cheap preview box would use to, to show all the TV channels. Um, you would log in, add, add the names of shows that you're interested in, and then it would send you an email if it's going to be on that day. And it worked really well for me. So like uh, it kind of, I used to get an email, be like, oh, Game of Thrones is on tonight. And it's like, great. We know, we know then after tonight we can go on to Now TV and do it. But it just, I ran out of interest and I realized that there's no feeds or anything for Netflix or Disney Plus or any of those. You can't get, you know, even though they do, they sometimes do weekly shows, you can't get that information anywhere. And obviously Netflix is the big one that really you'd want to, you'd want to tap into, you know, if people really like, I don't know, the latest series of Star Trek, they'd want to get an email when the new series drops, but there's no way of getting that. So it just kind of like, it died. I think it's still living on a server somewhere because every now and then I'll get a random email to be like, this show is on. Um, it was also terrible because like, it did really fuzzy matching. So like if there was a Game of Thrones special or if someone had a TV show that sound that sort of had Game of Thrones in the title anywhere, even if it was nothing to do with Game of Thrones, I would get an email about it, which obviously for me, it's fine because I can just delete the email, but for anyone else signing up, they'd get particularly annoyed. So I think that was the, that was the, the one project that I was like, this is going to be spot on. Everyone needs this. And then it just, after a few months, I don't even know. I mean, I don't even know where the code is, so uh, <laughs> I couldn't even bring it back to life. How long ago was this, Mike? Um, probably about four years ago. 
okay. five years ago. So it's like the turn of like on-demand services, like yeah. before Disney, Netflix was really starting to take off. Prime was obviously already in place. So I yeah. had a similar idea, not for this, but to do like I just want an app where I can just scan what's on and then add it to my calendar. You know, and that, mm. that was the other thing. I was it was at Christmas. That was it. I was like, I want to find all the decent shows that are on over Christmas because Radio Times is great. I love the the fact that you can see that paper-based stuff. But just searching Radio Times is impossible nowadays, right? So I was yeah. like, I'm going to search for when Father Christmas and the snowman's going to be on. I can just add that to my calendar and I'll get the alert. So it was yeah. similar kind of principle, but the, the feed <laughs> of data, like you say, is impossible to get, especially on the on-demand services. Um, I think I interviewed for a similar company a few years back, and they were looking to do, build this whole new system around TV feeds. And it is a behemoth. There's no standards. Yeah. A lot of them are kind of behind a wall garden, especially like the private systems. Um, but I think your final point was I couldn't be bothered because I just I lost interest. <laughs> that is yeah. the worst part with any of our side projects. You get to the point where I built it, scratching an itch, and it doesn't scratch that itch anymore. So I'm going to throw it no. away and leave it on a server somewhere, which will just probably cost me a few quid a month, but whatever, <laughs> it's still there. <laughs> Yeah, I think the feeds that I tapped to tapped into was some other guy's side project that he was getting them from somewhere. So it was sort of semi-unreliable anyway, because it was just some guy named Ken who was providing me the BBC One nice. TV listings. <laughs> but did you think, right, this is going to be a game changer? I want to make money out of this, or is it more like I just want, I hope other people want to do this? It was yeah, it was the second one. All pretty much all of my side projects are. Um, I just hope it benefits other people. Like right. there's not many that I sort of set out to plan to make money off because I just don't. Yeah, it's I'm not because then you're if people are paying for things, they expect a certain level of service, rightfully so. Like, and I just know that I won't be able to provide that because in a few months' time, I'm going to get bored and be working on something else. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Fair point. How about you, Sam? Yeah. So I think like Mike, it's a case of which which do I pick. Because I think everyone, everyone's got a, a list as long as their arm of projects that they've started or want to start and things. I guess the the one thing, one idea that I had that I'm a bit sad that I didn't actually see through to fruition is um, is like a, a photo history website that I sort of started designing, um, and it was going to be kind of like a in my head it was in a very simple terms it was going to be like a mashup of Google Maps and feeds pulled in from various other places with geotagging and things like that so the basic concept was um i was walking around my hometown which is uh, halifax if people don't know and it's a it's an old town it's um you know you've got lots of different kind of periods of architecture around the town center um so you've got some stuff that dates back to like you know the 1800s or 1700s and then you've got like the the minster which is like the main church in the town center i think that's been there for nearly a thousand years maybe something like that so it's been there a long time and like everyone else you on, on facebook and things like that you you come across like these history accounts or these history groups where people share photos from 100 years ago of like a street corner that you recognize and i thought wouldn't it be great to have a website where you could import all these historical photographs geotag them and then go back to the same spot and get a similar photograph and then over time keep doing that over you know so every every couple of years um you go back to the same spot take a new picture like say if the if 
a hundred years ago, you had like a butcher on the corner. And then five years ago, it was a cafe. And then now it's turned into a record shop, for example. Just a way of being able to zero in on one spot and just sort of see how it's changed over time in a very specific way, not, you know, not necessarily just flicking through old history photographs. And, and yeah, it just like the, the weight of the technical requirements, I suppose, just kind of killed it off for me because I was, I was sort of looking at it thinking, I can't do this myself. You know, I'm not a technical person. I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a designer. I'm a front-end developer. I can muddle about a little bit in JavaScript, but anything beyond that is a bit of a, a bit of a lost cause for me. So um, I did sort of try and rope a few friends in over the kind of year that I was thinking about this idea, but couldn't really get any traction with it so it kind of died a death really which is a bit of a shame because i think i still think it's quite a nice idea as a concept it's a nice idea at least it's funny you say that actually i was thinking this morning um i think i saw paul robert lloyd he put a post on twitter about pulling out his uh website archives on this day i think it's like a meme that's going around at the moment yeah and that's the only feature on facebook i actually like to use is to see what i've done or said on this day years past yeah. you know it's got like 15 years worth of data on there now it's quite nice to go well that photo of my little one five years ago it's cute but people forget about the history of you know the world we live in i'd love to see what people think of this period in yeah. 10 years time when yeah. all the shops are literally closing closing down and what it becomes next because something will come out of it obviously it's not going to be beautiful obviously but i think you definitely tapped into an idea there that could work yeah, and I, and I guess with uh, the idea came to me in around 2012, I think, 2013. So it's quite a long time ago. And this was, Instagram was obviously, obviously around back then, and so was Flickr and things like that. But all these, all these kind of photo sharing sites were gaining a, a lot more traction as well. So as time went on, um, it kind of felt a bit, a bit of a waste of time because, you know, Instagram now has geotagging already included. They have like a map feature where you can zero in on on certain areas. And same with like um, Google Photos, they've got a they've got a, a feature where you can search your own photographs um, by by location, which is really useful. So, like I say, as time went on, it kind of felt like mm, it's it's not really not really much point pursuing this now. It seems a bit of a waste of time. But let's do a little this right one. It's doing it to an extent, but not the way you, you've seen it in your mind, right? True. And even if someone has done it, it doesn't mean it's the right way. There's always many, many products that spin off and go, well, you've done it your way. We're going to do it our way. It might even be better. You know? True. Well, I mean, if, if any listeners want to pick that up and run with it, by all means do so, and I'll just take a credit as a concept person. If you want to build it, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> Love it. I'll, I'll, I'll claim it, but if anyone wants to help... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm too busy doing comics in my free time. I don't have time for build, building websites no. in my free time anymore. It's <laughs> funny you say that. I, I do think there's an, an idea. It's very meta of laying down ideas for other people to pick up because I, there's lots of stuff that goes in my head. I'm like, this is a brilliant idea. I'll never get around to it, but it's gone. You know, it's just, yeah. just drop it somewhere for someone else to pick up and go, I'll do it. I'm bored. I'll, I'll have I think a play. I, I, used to, um, I used to write blog posts about it and... Um, I think I used to tag it with something like uh, ideas for sale. So I just write, I'd write down a blog post about an idea. Um, one of them was, I think again, back in like 2013 or 2014 was, I'm trying to think of what feature, uh, what site now does it. I think it was kind of similar to the one that Fictive Kim did where you could like highlight a passage of text online and it would like 
scrape it and then store it centrally for you against your account. Um, uh, Genius, there's there's a website called Genius that my, does that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was that was one of the ideas that I definitely wrote about at some point, which was like a, a centralized highlighting system because I couldn't find one at the time that that did what I wanted it to do. But all the, all they were quite clunky as well. So one of the ideas was it was a really slick interface where it just integrated with your browser and things like that. But mm. thing is, I only ever have ideas that I want to build. To be really selfish about it, so <laughs> I wouldn't want to give them away. <laughs> You're that guy. <laughs> I'm that guy that never has the time, but has all the ideas. I mean, I, I always come up with ideas. I was literally shower mode. I wanted to have one this morning, a virtual hackathon. I was literally brushing my teeth. And I was thinking about how, how could you host a virtual hackathon? That's one thing I, I know a lot of developers miss right now. Mm. I don't know if it's logistically possible, but I want to just kind of dump down my ideas, maybe some problems somewhere for someone else to go, oh, you could do it like this, or someone's already done it. Not perfect. Great. That's even better. Someone's tried it. But where do these things go? I mean, you said you blog about it on your own blog and you can maybe tag it somehow, but it's got to be a central source to find this stuff as well. Sounds like a perfect uh, side project to build. Oh, here we go. Uh, Very meta. <laughs> and then one day this could be huge. People will pay for the ideas. Let's, People will pay for the ideas that are crap, but they might have a little bit of traction. <laughs> you saying my idea is crap. Thanks. <laughs> You're taking the words out of my mouth. <laughs> I'm on the kit. I'm on the missing. What about you, Sai? Have you had any uh, big failings or? Um, well, as you know, I'm a bit of a side project addict, <laughs> um, and most of them fall by the wayside. I think the one that comes to mind was more recently, um, probably about two years ago. I I, just, I had a little bit of an itch. I wanted to get back into some coding and devin and stuff like this. Um, and anyone that knows me should probably know that I also build a lot of sports-based calendar websites and stuff like that. What I did, I took the opportunity to go, right, I'm going to start again. I'm going to use a new tech stack. I think it was Gatsby at the time. And it's quite hot. Everyone was using it. I think a lot of people in our on-the-side community was using it. So I had an opportunity to ask questions there as well. So I built um, a framework to do this. Uh, it exports calendar subscriptions, um, JSON, I think, and maybe an RSS feed as well. And I built it open source. So anyone could create their own. And that was the idea. I was like, oh, if I laid on the foundations with, and I can use it as an example, I think we used it on, I think it was like a World Cup or maybe something like that at the time. And then I, I, I updated it and it was working. I was like, I'm pretty pleased with this. It works. I wonder if anyone else is going to use it. No one. Just me. And it was, it was nice to know that, you know, I got something out of it. But it also proved that, you know, you need to pump a lot of publicity in these sort of things if you want it to work. Mm. But it's not a case of going, if you build it, they'll come. That doesn't work anymore. It's You've got to build it and shout about it from the rooftops until someone picks it up. I think yeah. that was my learning from that moment. It's great to actually get into the tech and learn a bit more code and get into that sort of things. Uh, and that was the satisfaction I got from the whole project, really. It, it was just the fact no one really picked up on this, despite a lot of predecessors being quite successful. You know, we've still got a Formula One calendar thing that's going on. Andy Yates, who's in our community as well, he's constantly iterating on his version, which is not the same as mine at all. It's a completely brand new, fresh version. But that still gets like 10,000 visits a weekend kind of thing. Every time there's a match race, a race on every weekend, it's tens of thousands of visitors every day, every week. Uh -huh. So there's demand for what, what we do with this thing, which is great. Clearly no demand to make your own. Yes. Provide it. As, yeah. a, as a service rather than as a platform. But the word grandeur that we mentioned earlier, I, I never saw this as a, an opportunity to make a load of cash. 
It was just more like, I'd love this to scale out. I want more people to build sports calendars because it's such an untapped market. They're so easy to build. I've built it so many times myself. And I'm no genius when it comes to tech. If I can do it, the clever bots can do this, right? So, um, yeah, it was, it, it's a shame that it didn't kind of scale out as much as I thought it would. If, there, if there's a way that you could tap into, like, local local sort of clubs and things like that, and, you know... So it, this is the one thing that I've been considering for a long, long time is how how to make it more grassroots. Because obviously, you know, I, I don't know about you, Sam, but my lad, he, he went through a phase of playing football for the local club. And, you know, the games change here every weekend. You get one come through literally on a weekly basis. Next week, we're playing at so-and-so. And it's at this location. Using that model to kind of go, right, as a, as a manager, I can quickly put the game into a system and all the parents get it into their calendars with the location where to drive to. That's yeah. where I think there's an opportunity to build something. And, and mm. you can sell that to local clubs on a really low sort of fee or give them, you know, free offers and stuff like that just to make it scale. Yeah. And that's what I'm considering. I mentioned to you guys, I think a few weeks back, I've got an idea I want to make. This is the idea and how to make that really easy and user-friendly on a web interface, but make it very mobile-friendly because I think that's that's where everyone's using their, that, their you know, time now anyway. Yeah, that sounds good. We'll see. That, uh, we talked about our week, annual goals this year. That was the Devin project I got in my mind. If I get around to it, amazing. Watch this space. <laughs> So this is uh, one question that often is one of those recurring questions on Twitter that people argue about. Um, and I kind of wanted to pose it to you to um, just to sort of get your thoughts on it, really. Do you think working in tech, having side projects is a necessity or do you think um, it's kind of a, a luxury? So I suppose the it really comes down to sort of hiring and, and recruitment. Like if someone didn't have side projects, would they kind of go down a notch or two in your expectations i suppose first let's go to Sai. you've uh, recently gone through hiring and firing well is that <laughs> <laughs> hiring and being hired um, well, in the interest of my new role it's more around you know engineer managing and i will be recruiting engineers as well so it's going to be in that sort of space it's a really interesting topic right so i've always been a big advocate of side projects and i think if you want to do it you should just go for it I never hold people account to it, though, if they don't. So I know of, I've known a lot of developers in the past that go, I just don't have the time, I can't be asked, whatever reasons it is, they're not interested in doing a side project. So I totally understand that. But what are your passions? And then, so I'll just start to coach through it a little bit, not to get a side project out of them, but just to understand why. Because I think, you know, if you're working in tech, you should be doing it for the right reason. You shouldn't just do it because you can, because it's great money, whatever the reasons are. I think if you love what you do, that's what matters the most. And if you, off the back of that, if you're going to go, well, I love coding. In my day job, I don't get to do X in my coding world. So I'm going to go off and do that on my own as a little side project. Um, alternatively, it could be, I want to be something else in my career, but to get there, I'm going to have to go off and learn something else. So there's your opportunity again, to go and do a little bit of a side project and get into that a bit more. So I think the, the real pain point i think people are saying is just because you don't do side projects doesn't mean that you bad at your job or you you know you, you should, you're not suited for this industry it's just more like are you doing it for the right reasons we've talked already about why we do our side projects it's normally to scratch an itch or learn something new that's the only reason for me to have a side project personally if you hate your job and you want to get out of tech then you probably want to look at something else completely different because this industry 
changes so rapidly, so quickly, mm. all the time. If you can't keep up, good luck, my friend. However, people are still looking for Pascal engineers around the uh, London <laughs> finance <laughs> sector. So, you know, you don't always have to. They're my two cents for their worth anyway. Yeah, interesting, I suppose. Um, but I haven't got an answer to that. <laughs> no, and you said, is it just tech? I don't think it is. I mean, my wife, again, she's a full-time teacher. She has very little time for family, let alone side projects. But over Christmas, she wants to build this mug website. So why not? We can do it together. You know, there's no tech requirement to get into this world. You've got yeah. so many tools out there to do this. As I said earlier, you can use Etsy to get a product out there. It's not hard. So I don't think it's limited to tech, but I think in tech, it's a lot more prevalent because of the nature of what we do. We're always yeah. making stuff. Yeah, you just you just often see those... Uh gatekeeper types on Twitter that are like, oh, if you're not developing outside of work, you're not a real developer kind of thing. And it's just oh. that kind of like toxic kind of environment that you, know, you don't really want to, you know, for, for junior developers or people coming into the industry or even experienced people, you don't want to force that on them if they haven't got the time or the interest to do a side project. Yeah. Um, then sort of, I don't think they should have to. And Sam, do you have anything to... Add to that. Yeah, well, just to follow what you were saying, I think the the important thing that I try to think of now, as, as time goes on, this has definitely changed in my head. So ask, ask me this question five, ten years ago. I probably would have said if you, you know, if you don't demonstrate outside of work a kind of an ongoing kind of interest in this stuff, then is it really the career for you? But as time's gone on, and obviously my circumstances have changed and my, to put it bluntly, my interests have changed as well. You know, I've got two kids. I've got less time each day to work on stuff. I've had to become a lot more selective about what I choose to do with my time in the evenings. And it's one of those things where I want, I want to work on on artwork for me personally. So when it comes, if it came, comes down to a choice of do I want to sit and read, read a few articles on writing CSS or work on some artwork i'm going to choose working on some artwork because that's where that's where i want to spend my free time so yes yeah, so I, I don't think I, I i don't necessarily judge anybody for for not having you know any sort of any time outside of their working hours dedicated to this stuff because you just can't you can't make assumptions about people's circumstances you know they might not have the uh, they might not have the necessary resources to do it at home you never know and, and also, you got to acknowledge that, especially these days, work isn't everything. You know, you you have to be able to separate yourself from that from from work. And if people's interests are completely different to work, that they you know they're spending their free time doing pottery or sewing or whatever, then oh, fair play to them. I was going to add to that actually. You made a point about you know obviously arts and crafts are a real kind of relaxing sort of um, side projects in a way. And I think a lot of people use it as therapy, and especially in the moment when people are struggling to just keep, you know, moods up and happy and fulfilled in their life as well. It doesn't. It doesn't necessarily limit to tech. It's my point. You know, turning off, going and do some artwork, some crafts, anything that's a bit more relaxing and good for your mind and soul. I'm not going to get too hippie on you on this, but I feel like <laughs> it's, it's it's a common thing. I've seen a lot, so many people getting into baking, you know, mm-hmm. last year, and that's another thing. Yeah. Just turn off. It's not to sell or make, but they're learning how to make decent cake or breads or banana bread, which I think is the the hot one this last couple of years. <laughs> I yeah, I've I have a lot of respect for people who finish work and then don't feel like they need to 
pick up a, a work-related side project, which is ultimately what my side projects are. You know, I work in web development, my side projects are web development. Um, and I think to sort of, to slightly get on my high horse, if you as a manager think your staff need to do side projects to be good at their job, then you're not giving your staff enough support to do their job. And I think like, if you're expecting your front-end developers to go and learn the new CSS in their evenings, then you're not giving them the time during a working day to learn that if yeah. that's required for their job. I mean, if one of my members of staff came to me and was like, oh, I was looking at this last night. It's great. I think we should use it. Then I'm going to go, that's brilliant. I'm not going to encourage that, but I'm going to sort of, um, what's the word? Recognize. Recognize that. Thank you. Um, but yeah, like there was one of my members of staff was sort of struggling with something at work and he was like, oh, I'm going to look at this over the weekend. And I had to like really convince him not to, uh, to sort of, you know, cause you're, especially at the moment when we're working from home, he, you know, he turns 90 degrees and he's at his sort of personal computer. Um, and so it's just, yeah, I think those companies that sort of require you to do extracurricular activities to, to support your role just isn't a healthy working environment unless you're that kind of person who wants to do it like yeah. it's you know we can't sit here and tell people not to do those things but um i think there is certainly in in certain areas of tech an unhealthy culture of if you don't have a a, a github profile that's packed with those green squares when you apply for this job role then you're not even getting in through the door kind of thing and it's it's yeah. I, side projects do give you a perfect opportunity to show up to like flex your skills a little bit and like if we're hiring developers and someone includes their github link i'm gonna have a look but if someone doesn't i'm not gonna put them down because you know when you're working in an agency it's hard to show off your specific set of skills because it normally gets rolled into one big project yeah. so i kind of understand why people do it but i just yeah i suppose i wanted to stress that it's it's definitely not a necessity and if it is part of your job role you better damn well be getting paid a lot of money for it. <laughs> True. Yeah. And, but I also, like you say, I think a good line manager should be mindful of it and the, the, the healthy element to it. Because you, you can see the other side of it, right? You can see some developers that are so complacent, they just go into the job, tick the boxes, do what they need to do to get by and book her off home, get, take the full paycheck. Then there's others that bust the gut, do all the side projects, do so much learning on the job and outside of work that don't get the recognition. And you feel like, well... There's, a, there's an imbalance here and it's it's not quite fair. So I wouldn't kind of use it against the complacent developer so much, but I'd certainly go, well, actually, youngsters, it's normally the juniors that delight like this, right? They're kind of full of energy and doing all the cool stuff on the side, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. You're doing an amazing job. Don't compare yourself to these people. These people have been doing it for 15, 20 years probably, and they, they're just happy. They're comfortable. They don't need to push themselves anymore, and they don't really want to go much further either. You know, this, this desire to grow in their career is, that's toxic. I think in a way, mm. you know, just because you're doing well in the job, why should you get any higher? Just because you're really good at being a coder, why are you being a coming a lead? Because you're not necessarily got the right people skills or the kind of political skills that you need in that situation as well. But yeah, I think I agree with what you're saying to an extent. I just feel like it needs it needs to be a conversation like we're having right now. Yeah. If you're in a culture in a company where they expect you to have side projects as part of your, you know, your personality, I'd challenge it as to why. And if it's a problem, then we need to challenge our culture, not the people. Yeah, mm. yeah. I would, I would definitely question applying for a role if if the company was insistent on on that being a factor. Because I, because like like you were saying, Mike, I, I I think it's, you know, it's it's not fair to put that burden on um, 
on individuals to find that time in their own in their spare time if they're not being paid for it. You know, um, I've, I've I've certainly done it when I was younger and I didn't have kids and things like that. And I had, you know, oodles of time kicking around. I used to sit and read CSS books, you know, every evening. Um, but that's just because I had time to do it. Um, I'm not I'm not a young man anymore, really. I'm not, <laughs> you know. So yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head there when it comes to uh, when it comes to it being a, a, a sort of a personnel issue rather than. Mm you know, or, or a company, a culture potentially issue um, rather than an individual kind of thing. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Have we covered that topic well now? I, I believe so. Thank you for your answers. <laughs> That's good. No, but I think this is a good topic to throw out to the listeners as well and see what they think about this, um, which takes me nicely into the next part. And help myself um so yeah i think that's a really good topic to have and i think what we want to try and do is get more audience participation on these conversations it's all well and good us three knocking our heads together on these sort of topics but unless it's interesting hopefully um we'll get other people listening and answering the questions as well we said last week we have a sticker giveaway going on sam any any ideas on how we can get the word out there because i think we we uh literally recorded on the tuesday Published on a Monday and recorded on a Tuesday. We've not had much chance to get much feedback in yet. <laughs> no, I, th- I think I think we just need to push it out a little bit more. Um, I, I, I retweeted something earlier from the main account, which was about uh, you know making the donation to the charity. I think I think it's just a case of keeping on pushing it out, really. Yeah, I know, I know. It'd be great to get other people involved though and and uh, see which charities you're supporting. We put a tweet out today, which is on the sixteenth of Feb. Um, we'll pin it to our Make Life Work pod Twitter channel for anyone that can't find it. Um, but just, yeah, make your donations, send in your messages, and we'll get some stickers out to you. Um, there's a nice photo of a load of stickers that I've got waiting to be sent out. I just need to get to the post office. Is there anything else you guys want to cover? No, no I don't think so. So finally, let's um, just give you the socials, I guess. Mike, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, I'm at Mike Streety on uh, every social network known to man, except Pokemon Go, because I was banned. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I found an app that you could load on your computer, and it simulated you walking around catching Pokemon, and they they caught on. So, um, I mean, that was a few years ago when Pokemon Go was was big. Um, So, yeah, not Mike Streety on Pokemon Go, but everywhere else. We don't call you Mike Streety in real person. No. The why is purely for branding. Nice. <laughs> Sam, how do we get hold of you? Uh, yes, if my, my personal accounts are basically Nocturnal Monkey everywhere. Uh, if you're interested in my account, look for Skinny Drawn Boy on Instagram and Twitter. Nice. And for me, at Sai on Twitter and at Sai Joblin on all the other socials that I couldn't get a hold of at Sai on. Um, and as a group, we do have all the group show socials at Make Life Work Pod on Twitter, Insta, and Facebook. We've got email hello at makelifeworkpodcast.com. Got our website with all the show notes and archives at makelifeworkpodcast.com. And obviously, our Slack community on the side is available to everyone for free. Uh, just go over to onthesidenetwork and that should take you straight through to registration. I think we're done. Nice. Great. Hit the outro music. Bye.